it was late October of 1991 is when we started. It was Hennessy Motorsports then. We call it Hennessy Performance now. But yeah, 31 years later, here we are. Welcome back to the podcast. Today I'm joined by automotive pioneer John Hennessy. Over the past 30 years, John and his team have built more than 12,000 specialty vehicles. In 2017, John founded Hennessy Special Vehicles. Their mission was to design and manufacture the world's fastest cars. The company's first record-setting vehicle was the Venom F5. Today, we're going to learn how John went from a passionate 20-year-old enthusiast with no money and no connections to leading one of the largest independent automotive tuning companies in the world. Let's tune into this fascinating interview. It's been two weeks since I was fortunate enough to be given my Venom F5 that we showed at the Concourse d'Alegance. And I have not driven it yet. When you delivered it to the house, I had a bit of a knee injury and didn't want to try to crawl into the cockpit of that. It is extraordinary. Everybody's seen it, is fascinated with it. Just a beautiful, beautiful work of, of art, if you will. That's my second Hennessy car. If you'll remember back about 2006, you built a 1,000-plus horsepower Venom Viper for me. And I have had more comments on that vehicle than anything else that I've ever owned. So it's a beautiful thing. But we go back quite some time together, and I've watched you start kind of at the very bottom of the pyramid, and over a pretty quick period of time, you've customized over 10,000 vehicles since you started your company. And not only that, you now have your own automobile manufacturing company doing the Venom F5. It's a pretty fascinating experience. How did you get started and what pushed you in this direction? Growing up, I'd always kind of had an entrepreneurial bend and my parents encouraged me to, to work. And I had a paper route in a hospital that I operated for a number of years. So back in those days, the motivation was very simple. If I, if I wanted something, if I wanted to go eat a certain kind of food or buy a certain kind of pair of shoes or whatever, I'd, I'd have to go earn the money on my own. So that was kind of instilled. So the ambition, I guess, was always there and the, and the passion for automotive was there. My first car was a 1969 old 442 that I bought when I was 16. I was working in a grocery store and had a few side hustles. And so bought it with my own money, started modifying it the minute that I got it and then made the really horrible decision to sell that car when I was a senior in high school so I could afford to go to college. After a few years in college, John ran out of money and motivation. His dad was working as an insurance adjuster in Texas. A recent hurricane created job opportunities, so John took the leap. He moved from Kansas City and started his first business in Texas. Then I ended up starting a small environmental cleanup business in the construction business in my mid-20s and made a tiny bit of money and been reading car magazines ever since I was a kid. Didn't have any money to buy them necessarily, but my mom would go to the grocery store and I would just hang out at the magazine rack and just, you know, from eight or nine years old on, just would read every car magazine I could get my hands on. So back in those days, I was reading about some of my dream cars back in the, in the mid-80s were rally cars like the Audi Quattro Sport that had set some records at Pikes Peak. And there was some really cool rally cars they used to call in Group B, they called the Killer Bees because these cars were so fast. They would 
they would outpace the helicopters. So anyway, I, I was very fascinated with that. Uh, again, had my little construction business, made a tiny bit of money. And I'm trying to think of a car that I could buy that I could do something interesting with. I, I knew I couldn't just show up at Andy. My name wasn't Andretti or Unser. So, and I'm looking for some sort of a, a race or a series or something I can do. And in 1990, I read about a guy named C. Van Toon, who later on had, was the editor at Motor Trend Magazine back in the mid to late 90s. Anyway, I read about this guy who bought an Eagle Talon. He put a roll cage in it and he took it to Pikes Peak and he competed at Pikes Peak and he didn't crash, he didn't win anything, but he did it. And I thought, well, maybe I could do that. With his sights set on racing at Pikes Peak, John begins searching for a car. He found a Mitsubishi 3000 GT VR4. While it wasn't his dream car, he knew he could make the modifications and race it. 1991, I had this journey of buying a car and modifying it in a race at Pikes Peak. I didn't win anything, but it didn't crash. And I was the only guy crazy enough to drive from Texas to Pikes Peak and race to pick my wife up from the airport. After the race, we drove over to Aspen and then, and then I drove it home. And I just thought like, isn't that what all racers do? They just kind of drive the race car to the track. So I did that. I did a couple of open road races in Nevada where they take a section of state highway that's 90 miles long and they shut it down. And you go out there and go as fast as you can go. And I did two of those races in my average. Well, it took me about 34 minutes to go 90 miles. So my average speed was in the 164 to 167 mile an hour range. And I ended up winning my class the second time I did that. And then I also took the car to Bonneville that summer and I set a class record with it. And again, I'm driving to and from the, all these events. And I learned the first rule of car racing. And that is if you want to make a small fortune in car racing, you start with a larger fortune. John was hooked. His passion for racing meant he needed to work on his car and plan for upcoming races. And he didn't have as much time to devote to his construction business. But he had just paid for a wedding, honeymoon, and a new house. So he had to find a way to fund his passion for cars. He decided to take the leap and start his next business, Hennessy Motorsports. I'd never had a business class. I'd never had a marketing class. We just kind of learned by doing. And, you know, whether it's entrepreneurship or business or in racing, back in those days, there wasn't, we didn't have chassis dynos and there wasn't computer simulation. So a lot of what I learned, whether it was making a car go faster or running my business, was through trial and error. And that meant for every one thing that I learned that worked well, I probably failed at many more things. Sometimes I think it would seem like it was a ratio of, you know, nine to one for every one success or thing that we learned how it worked. I mean, there was a blown up engine. There was something that I had to learn the hard way that cost me time and money. John's business continued to grow. His cars were featured in articles and on the cover of dozens of car magazines, and the phone began to ring. Customers wanted the unique cars only Hennessy could build. Early on, maybe five years into the business, I kept thinking every year, I'm like, I love this and I love modifying cars for other people, but maybe it's a fad. Maybe people will move on and like, well, now I want to do something different. And I just woke up one day and I thought, you know, I would see a car magazine with one of our cars on it and a nice article and phone calls and orders as a result. And I thought, are we becoming a brand? So you talk about how do we go from, you know, wacky racer driving around a mom and pop business to now this year we'll modify, we'll build over 600 vehicles this year. We'll deliver 11 Venom F5s and we have almost 100 employees. I guess the ultimate foundation is, is goes back to the title of your podcast, Grit and Ambition. I had plenty of that. And I just think that underlying passion was able to help us overcome 
90% mistakes and not knowing how to run a business and not knowing how to fulfill orders and having pissed off customers. But again, we learn and we correct our mistakes and we grew our team and we brought on better people as time went on. But boy, golly, at the kind of the foundation is the, is that passion that kept us going that led me to believe that I'm not ever going to give up, even if, you know, we blow an engine up or, you know, 9-11 comes along and we don't sell anything for three months or whatever it is. So there's that passion. And then as that passion led to notoriety in the industry, it built the brand. And so I feel like the passion and the brand have just kind of helped us get to a place to where we really started kind of the hockey stick and really started to grow significantly about five years ago. John and his wife continued to grow their business and family. Together, they've raised five children. All of their children continue to be involved in the business today. It's a tough thing to balance being a successful CEO and a present parent. Back in 2018, when, when the F5 was just kind of a full-scale design model, we were working with Shell and had the opportunity to take the car to the Geneva Motor Show. And, it, and they, when they used to have that show, it was in March. And so at that time, our car and truck modification business was growing. And I thought, I don't have a group of people that I can just take out of the factory and take to Europe for a week. And so I said to my wife, I said, when is the kid's spring break? Oh, it's, a, it's the same time as Geneva, all except for our youngest. And I said, hey, kids, I got a deal for you. Let's go do a European vacation, but it'll be a working vacation. We have to get up early. We go to the auto show. We talk to clients, media, show off our car. And then at night, we'll have a nice dinner and there'll be some days when we can do some sightseeing. And I say, and you'll get paid. And so they were all on board with it. We went over, had a, a great time. And that was kind of the first big revelation of like, wow, it's a really cool thing to like have success with our creation and talk to our customers and talk to the automotive world, but to do it with our entire family, because I can't, I can't talk to every journalist and there's, I mean, they're thousands of people are coming to that show. So, so that kind of began the trend. So whether it's been car week or other major events, if it's possible for us all to be together, we try to do that as much as possible. And it's, it's very satisfying. So you've succeeded both with a family and with a remarkable business. What do you want your legacy to be? I think it's our kids, honestly. The cards will certainly outlive me and my wife. So we, we do think in terms of the Venom F5 as being a legacy type vehicle. And I think our last count were something north of 12,000 vehicles in total built since 1991. Vipers and all kinds of stuff. And, and kind of today it's a lot of trucks and SUVs, which are fun. But great question. I think ultimately our, our kids are our greatest legacy. And, you know, it'd be really neat at some point down the road to where our kids, grandkids, our clients and their families you know, can take our Venom F5s out to the fairway at Pebble Beach or to the sanctuary if you had a car show at your place where basically where we have as many Venom F5s lined up and just kind of the stories behind that. I mean, we obviously, we have a story with the car, but I think over time, each family, you with your family and friends and people that get to experience such a special, powerful, insanely fast car, to have them all in one place or have a bunch of them in one place would be a really, a really cool thing to experience. We did a photo shoot of uh, Remax hot air balloons, and our first balloon was in 97. By 10 years later, we had 100 balloons in the United States, and that made a pretty impressive series of TV commercials. But to see 100 Remax balloons together, all in flight at the same place, was, was hey, we'd made it. 
Hennessy's website tagline is, The American Dream Never Sleeps. I love that. The Hennessy family business is proof the American dream is still alive and well. If you would like to see Hennessy's custom cars, visit HennessyPerformance.com. To check out the Venom F5, visit VenomF5.com. You can also learn how to modify cars at their trade school, TunerSchool.com. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. Until next time, remember, everything in life worth having takes a little ambition and grit.